We Are SC pregame podcast, Notre Dame edition. Uh, hey, it's USC Notre Dame week. Trojans getting ready to play for the 89th time against the Irish, playing for the Shillelagh, which is proudly in the possession of the USC Trojan football program right now by virtue of the victory uh, last year. The Trojans coming in at 6-1, and one, ranked number 11 in the nation. Notre Dame 5-1, and one, ranked number 13. Kind of similar seasons uh, so far for both teams. Uh, a lot of good, but uh, enough unevenness that a lot of people are looking to this game and saying, hey, uh, this is going to be real interesting to see how this one turns out in terms of the winning team and then where both teams go, the losing team, where they go from this part of the season. Uh, the Trojans control their destiny no matter what happens on Saturday in terms of gaining a berth into the Pac-12 South uh, title game. The, the, after Notre Dame, the remaining games from here on out are going to be Pac-12 South games. But for Notre Dame, the second part of their schedule is a lot harder than the first part was. And in fact, you can probably look at the uh, the – main point that people are pointing to for Notre Dame in terms of maybe them being quote-unquote back this year is a one-point loss to Georgia, and that's by virtue of the Bulldogs playing so well. So uh, a lot of questions going to be answered for uh, for Notre Dame in the second half of the season, and uh, this one is a case of both teams coming at it where, hey, they're, they're ranked high, and uh, it should be a fantastic football game. Let's take a look at the Irish. Brian Kelly in his eighth year at the program, four and eight last year. That was definitely a down year. And uh, he changed both coordinators. And so, so far, it seems to be working uh, for the team going into this year. If you look at him on offense, uh, they definitely run the football. Uh, Brandon Wimbush is primarily a run-first quarterback, a true dual threat, if you will, enough of a threat on uh, throwing the ball, but he runs the ball first. Um, they are one of only seven teams in the NCAA to rush for over 300 yards a game, and uh, I, I think they just have a terrific tailback in Josh Adams, very good, bruising guy. We saw one last week in Zach Moss. Um, Adams is averaging over 130 yards a game, and uh, – he can get it done. So one of the things I think is going to be key is the uh, the missed tackles that we saw last week with Moss. He, he definitely broke a few. And then uh, looking at the rotation primarily on the interior of that USC defensive line, uh, if, if you didn't know, the Trojans are down Josh Fatu. He was involved in an automobile accident, not his fault. Uh, but he is undergoing concussion protocol, and so he will not uh, – not be available for this game. Marlon Tuipiloto, as we know, underwent back surgery recently. He's out for the year. And Kenny Bigelow announcing this week that he would be stepping away from uh, playing football and focusing more on being a mentor coach role. Uh, he wants to get into coaching, and uh, he said it was just time. He said there was personal reasons involved. And uh, so Kenny Bigelow will not be available for that rotation. Good luck to you, Kenny, by the way. Understandable with the knee issues. It's just a real tough situation for him to come back from. And he was not the same player after the injuries that he was before. And unfortunately, I don't know that we ever really got to see uh, how good Kenny Bigelow could have been. Uh, that happens sometimes in the sport of college football. So who we are going to see at, at first-team nose tackle is Brandon Peely. And I thought Brandon actually handled himself quite well last week uh, for a true freshman getting in there uh, for that kind of playing time. And uh, it's basically just stick him on the nose tackle, stick him on the center, and uh, control that gap and and. and Use your 340 pounds the way you know how to do them. But I, I also thought there was one play where uh, the Oregon State quarterback was scrambling around last week and Peely ran to his right, chased the guy back to his left, and had enough in him to go ahead and make the hard tackle. And uh, to move 340 pounds like that, that was uh, pretty impressive, Brandon. And so we also might see a little more of Liam, Liam Jimmins in that rotation. And there is talk of J2 Fele uh, Helton saying, hey, if, if we get another injury or two, you might see J2 Fele. We're not just going to throw him in there. But there's still a lot of football left to be played. And if a guy like Jay can help us, uh, we will burn that red shirt ear if we think that's uh, the right thing to do. 
So uh, we mentioned Brandon Wimbush. Uh, he did miss last week with an injury. Brian Kelly saying he's 100% healthy. He has eight touchdowns running, six touchdowns passing. Uh, when he throws the ball, Equinemia St. Brown is one of his targets, a familiar name to Trojan fans from uh, Servite High School. The Trojans did recruit him. His little brother, Amon Ra, the top USC receiver target for this season, will be on an official visit to South Bend uh, for this weekend. And then uh, the usual typical Notre Dame offensive line in front of them going up against that Trojan uh, defensive line that we talked about uh, with those kind of issues. Flipping it over, the Notre Dame defense. Uh, Mike Echo seems to be the coordinator that's really getting a lot of praise for the impact that he's had uh, on this uh, Notre Dame uh, defense. They have 14 turnovers already through the season. They had 14 all of last year. They are 15th in the nation in scoring defense. They obviously do a very good job. A, a, a stout defensive line up front, but I, I really think the uh, strength of the – the defense is their linebacker trio, uh, Niles Morgan with 44 tackles, Tavon Coney with 42, and Greer Martini with 39. So um, those guys definitely get it done. Uh, it's going to be real important, I think, for the USC run game to stick with the commitment throughout the game. Um, I think just we, you have Ronald Jones, you've got Vavai Malapii and Akasedric where available. We will not see Stephen Carr, but Vavai Malapii ran for some hard yards last uh, last week. We know he can do that, and we know what Cedric Ware can do and can also add something out of the backfield. So uh, that's one of the things that I really want to see from this week is just sticking with that commitment. Don't get too out of balance in your numbers and in, in throwing the ball, uh, although Sam could go crazy. That uh, certainly could happen. But uh, I, I really hope that happens all game long, Re really hit that middle of the of the Notre Dame defense and stick with it. It will be interesting to see if Daniel Imatorbebe, how much he is able to go. He did practice a lot more this week and uh, including getting full work in a one-on-one in -on -one blocking drill so uh, we should see him a little bit more but frankly <laughs> I want to see Daniel Limitor Bebe but the USC tight ends last week had three touchdowns let's make sure to acknowledge that uh, two for Tyler Petit and one for Josh Follow uh, on the offensive line we did see Chuma Adoga get a lot more work uh, in in this week of practice time than, than he did last week so he is looking more and more likely like he will be able to play uh, for the Trojans on the offensive line so for the rest of the podcast we have the keys from practice with myself Johnny Curran and Daryl Rideau we have a uh, former USC quarterback John Major giving his thoughts on the USC offense versus Notre Dame defense and former USC linebacker Kevin Bruce with his defensively speaking against the Irish offense beat the Irish Keys from practice, Gary Pasquitz, Johnny Curran, Daryl Rideau, and guys just going to go around and talk about some of the kind of the things that happened this week uh, that we will apply to the game as uh, things we're really going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, I am going to get things started with Sam Darnold. Uh, this is the USC-Notre Dame rivalry. This is a chance where you know, USC quarterbacks can make their mark in this game. Daryl, you saw Carson Palmer uh, basically put the exclamation point on his Heisman with 425 yards against Notre Dame in the Coliseum. And, uh, and Sam is well aware of that. Sam has been a USC football fan for a long time. Uh, he has studied USC quarterbacks. He knows the position. Uh, and, and he knows those kind of milestones and what they can do when you do well against the Irish. And it was very interesting. He was talking uh, after practice on Tuesday and uh, the, the media was asking him about this game and do, do the younger players understand and so sometimes yes sometimes no uh, players know about the rivalries and know about the USC traditions uh, but it was clear when you heard Sam talking about USC Notre Dame that uh, S Sam knew all about it and that he was the one trying to pass along to the other guys and, and when he was talking about the first USC Notre Dame game that he attended being in South Bend and, and describing the scene and, and, and you could tell uh, that this isn't just an ordinary day game for him this is a chance to go back and experience something that he has he had experienced as a young USC fan 
and now for him to be in that role to be the quarterback leading the Trojans into uh, into South Bend. Hey, he said, hey, it's kind of crazy uh, when you think about that. So uh, let's go have one of those games, Sam Darnold. W- wouldn't that be something if this was uh, if this was that game that uh, a lot of USC fans been waiting for from Sam all year to go out there and just put his uh, stake in the ground and lead the Trojans to victory with the kind of performance that we all know Sam has in him? Uh, that'd be great to see, Johnny. For me, it's really been all about the uh, defensive line this week. You know, it's been a really interesting group to watch in practice. And, you know, of course, with Notre Dame coming to town, you know, averaging over 300 yards a game on the ground, um, there's, you know, you got to figure that the defensive line is going to play an integral part in the outcome of this game. You know, uh, Notre Dame has, you know, Josh Adams. You know, this group's really got to step up. And uh, in practice, it's been an interesting group to watch. Uh, you know, we got the news. Uh, this week that Josh Fatu, nose tackle, um, was involved in a car accident um, and has a concussion or concussion-like symptoms. So he's uh, – uh, Coach Helton said yesterday he's been – you know, he's ruled all that out for this game. He's likely not going to play. So they're going forward with that idea. Um, also making things interesting on Wednesday was the fact that Rasheen Green did not participate in practice. Now on the other uh, side there, it looks like he is going to be available for the game. Uh, Coach Helton said he um, was really just getting the day off. You know, he had an ankle injury earlier in the season, and really just a rest day for him. But So on Wednesday, we had an interesting group in there on the interior defensive line with Brandon Peely, Liam Jimmons, Malik Dorton, and Jay Tufele all rotating in there. Much different group than we're used to seeing. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, Green, it does look like he probably will be playing on Saturday. But keep an eye on that nose spot especially. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there right now it's looking kind of like Brandon Keeley is going to be the main guy in there and uh you know an interesting guy you know he's listed at 320 pounds uh looks like he might be over that but really fluid looking athlete when he's in there um and then Liam Jimmons is another guy who was playing in there and knows the other day so really an interesting group to watch uh will be in that game um will be interesting if they can step up to the challenge and help uh to limit that uh, that vaunted Notre Dame rushing attack. This week against Notre Dame, the emphasis on USC's running game is critical. Expect Notre Dame to try to control the ball and the line of scrimmage. So it's very important to take pressure off of Sam Darnold in that passing game that this offense, uh, led by Ronald Jones II, gets off to a fast start. As we saw in the Utah game, Rojo's ability to ignite the offense with his explosiveness is going to be critical, especially being on the road in South Bend. Very difficult place to play. But it's not just going to be relied upon Rojo to make magic happen in that backfield. Expect for guys like Vavai Malapiai to step up and, and really take some pressure off of, off of Rojo. And Aka Cedric Ware, who proved that he could be a very valuable asset coming out of the backfield. Look for that three-man rotation to be on display on the road in South Bend when I think that you really need it most. Because as the season has dictated, with USC's inconsistencies have oftentimes come when they become one-dimensional, very pass-happy. But this is an opportunistic defense, um, the Irish, that, that, that this USC offense will be facing. And the fact that Notre Dame wants to control the clock with their running game may mean that Darnold in this offense will have less opportunities to make up any deficits. 
So ball control, ball security, all starts with that running game led behind Rojo. John Major. Uh, John, let's talk uh, USC offense versus Notre Dame defense. Uh, going back in there, first of all, when, when you look at the Notre Dame defense, what do you see? Where are they strong? Where are they not so strong? Well, I'll tell you, you know, Gary, going back in, in my history playing against Notre Dame, it was kind of the, the coaches would come into the first game planning session an offense, and whether it be John Jackson or North Turner or some of the other coaches we've had, and it was just sort of a different feel. We'd come in and say, okay, throw out all your other game plans. Here you go. And they, I remember, I just remember them distinctly drawing like four big, huge triangles up in the front four. And that was like just showing us that we got a different type of body we're playing against this week. And then they'd fill in the rest again. So it was like just to make that point that this is a different type of game. And when I see the Notre Dame defense, same thing, right? Big four bodies up front and they run a 4-3. The linebackers are their, are their studs. I mean, they have three seniors back there, Niles Morgan, Drew Tranquil, and, uh, and Martini. And, and, very smart players. Tranquil's an engineering major that played a lot of football, blown out his ACL twice. So he's come back from injuries, tough kid. Niles Morgan's all over the place making plays, and they do a lot with them. They'll they'll blitz with them. It's not necessarily a numbers blitz because they'll drop two, bring one, and they don't bring a lot of secondary guys. They'll play they they won't lose numbers in the secondary with blitzes. So it's not a true secondary blitz, but they'll They'll kind of make you guess who they're going to bring from the linebacker court, and then they'll drop the other two. So they don't they don't take a lot of risk, but they try to confuse you a lot. And then they'll play three deep. They'll play two two um, two high safety, like a cover two with four or five underneath. They'll play man free a lot of times. So so they give you a lot of different looks, but they're standard looks if you're a receiver or a quarterback. And so with that being the case, when you look over here on the USC side of the football, you and I talked a little bit about this being one of those games that, that could be that opportunity for Sam Darnold. To, to USC quarterbacks have had those games uh, in this rivalry before. What are you looking for from Sam to have that kind of impact? Yeah, I, I don't see any reason, you know, he can't have a big game. Once once we kind of figure out what their game plan is, you know, the kind of feeling us feeling back and forth. We usually have a great opening series. That's that's kind of been our trademark all season. Um, um, but I, you know, how they they're going to use their linebackers and it's, what are they going to do to try to contain Sam? Because really, that's that's what you have to figure out. How are we going to contain this guy and and keep him from from keeping the play alive five seconds, maybe six, um, when when initially things the, the two and a half second play breaks down. And we've got to cover guys for five seconds. No one can really do that. And a guy that keeps his eyes downfield. So, so you know, the initial part of the games will kind of determine what they've come up with in a game plan defensively to try to try to contain Sam. I mean, that's going to be number one. They're, if, if we're going to run the ball 30 times with our running back, they probably want us to do that because that takes the ball out of Sam's hands. So that'll be the the feel up part. They have a new defensive coordinator. So what we saw last sure. year. When they weren't very good, will be will be different this year. It's not going to be the same. And they've gotten as many turnovers already this year as they got all of last year. Talk about that, John. You you know you you've been back in that stadium. You you've seen what yeah. happened as recently as last week with the Trojans when turnovers can bite them a little bit. Um, 
what is that environment like, and how, how do the Trojans really settle down and play second-half USC football against Utah as opposed to what we saw in the first half against Utah? Well, the great thing about – I mean, if there's a silver lining with our turnovers, it's what our defense has done, um, and you would know this better than me, but I think our defense has not given up points after our turnovers. They're only giving right. up maybe one score. So there is a silver lining to that. Um, it hasn't killed us. But you never want to see it. Imagine if we didn't have those turnovers, what we would have done offensively. So, um, yeah, and then playing in, playing in the environment back at Notre Dame where it's going to be loud. Now, I watched, you know, if, if SC people come in numbers, that'll be different because I watched the Georgia game and it was, it was almost half and half in that stadium. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Notre Dame had a huge home field advantage and the weather won't be a factor. It's, it looks like it's going to be great weather. But I think just, just the, the thing that we've done with these turnovers is we've made them. And we have a quarterback that doesn't seem to get rattled when we do have the turnovers. And now a team behind him that gains confidence and says, you know, that's not going to kill us. And we're going to, we're going to continue to play. We're never out of this game. Turnovers aren't killing us. That kind of goes against conventional football coaches mm-hmm. wisdom, but it seems to be kind of a, a hallmark of this team. Uh, feeling good. I actually think the, the, the one thing I'm hoping to see, I know you, you, you're talking about the running game numbers. And, uh, boy, Notre Dame runs the football because they make the commitment to running the football. I like the step in the direction we took last week with Rojo. I'll tell you one guy I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of is is 29, and I can see some 28 too. But uh, I think those guys are kind of made for a game like this. I look at Vave Malapia, the way he's running the football, John. He offers yeah. a hard-running big man option. He does. And both those guys are great compliments, I think, to Jones. And you, 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 you do ask – you do ask – you do like to see one back kind of get – majority of the carries a lot of times but if others get involved and offer a different style and and fresh legs against an active linebacker core that that could be chasing these guys a little bit and chasing sam you know and that was going back to 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 talking about defending uh containing sam a little bit you know one of the one of the um unintended consequences but it's been a positive one for us offensively is i think Guys get tired playing against us when Sam at some point um, decides to say, says, I got to start making plays and really starts improvising and make those plays that last five, six seconds really tired guys out. And then we come back with the trio of backs and we can start hitting these holes that maybe earlier in the game we couldn't get because we were going against fresh players defensively. Now they're a little tired. We can get better angles. We can get our freshmen, some of our freshman linebacker can engage them a little better when they're tired, and we create holes. So um, that's kind of like a, 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 a true running team, like the old SC teams, wearing an opponent down for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, really just, just you know, you've imposed your will on them, and they want no more of it. So that's kind of a, a different way to tire a team down, and I think that's working in our advantage in the fourth quarter. Let's go have a good one on Saturday, John. Beat the Irish. Okay. Great. Thanks. Kevin Bruce, uh, I know, Kevin, when you're talking USC Notre Dame, there's uh, not going to be many things that get your blood boiling more for a football game than this one, classic big man on big man football. Talk about how you see this. There are some issues right now on the interior of the USC defensive line uh, with Josh Fatu, Kenny Bigelow, Marlon Tui-Piloto. Um how do you see things shaping up right now, mainly with how Notre Dame is looking at us on the lines, the defensive line and the offensive line right now? Yeah, clearly. Before the uh, 
you know, airbag deployed and, and took off Fatu, um, Notre Dame had little to no respect for our defensive uh, line play. Um, some good athletes, you know, but frankly, they had, uh, uh, at, you know, a few days ago, thought very little of, of our ability to really stop the offensive line from taking control of the uh, of the box, if you will, and just just pound the football and then uh, make the uh, play action uh, passing game uh, much more effective uh, for um, for the quarterback. Uh, well, with Fatu out now, it, we're really you know, we're down to, to Brandon Peely and no really no other what I would call defensive tackle or nose tackle. Uh, 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 you know, from a pure sense of the word. So fine. I mean, you know, honestly, uh, there you go. It's, uh, let them think that. I think it makes Notre Dame vulnerable. And by the way, they have no respect for our offensive line for that matter either. The quote that I saw the other day and actually heard was, um, uh, all we have is five offensive guards. We don't have any tackles out there. So, okay, fine. Um, you know, there's some respect for our, our skilled players, uh, both offensive and defensively, but uh, this is a classic USC Notre Dame. We don't like you. You don't like us. I don't think much of you, and you don't think much of me. So let's go out there, put our helmets on, and just knock the bejeebers out of each other, and we'll keep score. And when at the end of the game, when the final seconds tick off, we'll just see how this plays out. And I tell you what, you can't ask for a better opportunity to upset a team that's feeling pretty darn good. They've got everything going for them. They're coming off a bye. Not only are they coming off a bye, this is a week where they have no classes, so there's been no school, there's no midterms, there's no nothing but to focus on beating USC. Great. You know what? We're going to be limping into the uh, into the stadium, and we're going to tape up the guys. Hopefully the bus doesn't have a flipping uh, flat tire coming in and, 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 you know, gets delayed out there in the, in the parking lot somewhere, and the guys have to walk in. You know what else could happen? Right? Why not? Well, only if our but, luck changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, we got the luck of the Irish happening right now. I'd rather have it pre-game than during the game. Good point. You know. So. Uh, so that said, Gary, I am um, not Pollyannish. You know, I'm not. I'm been around too long for that. But I am uh, optimistic that the the guys are going to show up and they're going to play a good football game. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. We we know how what the offense for Notre Dame looks like. You got a quarterback that's going to run the football. You got a, you got three running backs, but one in particular is just a load, right? And fast and big. He's got all that going on. Got very talented, very good physicality from the offensive line. All of that's happening. Everything matches up against us in a way that favors Notre Dame in that respect. So what is Clancy going to do? I think he's going to go counterintuitive and we're going to see a fair amount of, of six uh, defensive backs, not even a nickel. We're going to see a lot of dime package, which is counterintuitive. You say, well, wait a minute. Sure. How would you do that? Why don't you put a bunch of big guys out there? Well, first of all, we don't have any more just for, you know, newsflash. That's part mm-hmm. of it. But more mm-hmm. importantly, it puts a very different look relative to what the quarterback is accustomed to. And this is really about the quarterback more than anything else, making very, very uncomfortable even thinking about throwing the football make them one-dimensional, run the football, and now we know how to de- deploy uh, where we want to attack. Uh, it's not just attack the line of scrimmage. That's too broad. You have to attack certain tendencies, certain approaches. And there's ways to do that with some um, changes 
some of these are uh, maybe would appear subtle if you were to look at them from from the sideline, but if you look at it from a field perspective, we move our our, uh, our five technique down to a four four inside actually, so it's inside the offensive tackle or uh, yeah inside the offensive tackle. I move uh, you know a linebacker into a, uh, a cam in particular, but you know will the will linebacker as well move them into some slightly different uh, gap alignments inside alignments by the way, and then you walk up or back. Uh, one of the safeties in your uh, dime package. It's a different look. I don't want to get too far out in the weeds here, but what I'm saying is we're giving them a different look. It does require the secondary players to come up and make tackles, and they can't make the tackles six, seven, eight yards deep. They've got to come up in two, three yards off the line of scrimmage and make the plays, okay? But I, I like that. I really do because the alternative is, is put five down linemen up front and, and play. Well, we only got five. I mean, that's all we have. So you're going to run out of guys here pretty soon. So that just doesn't work. Um, and I, I think this really gives us a good chance. Uh, Clancy's a master at this. It's at different angles, different uh, attack lanes. There is a issues, of course, with, you know, uh, gap integrity, especially with, with uh, Peely playing a lot, right, and they're getting this – his, uh, his legs under him, uh, getting the cardio, all that's going on. But with, a, with slightly different techniques I just described, what that does is it makes uh, Brandon Peely's assignments very simple. You line, them up, line him up essentially maybe an outside shade of the center, and you tell Brandon, hey, look, this is the center, this is the A-gap left, this is the A-gap right, that's your responsibility. Nobody gets through there. By making it that simple, you know, there's a little more to it than that, but it may, essentially that's your assignment, Brandon. That really narrows down the opportunities to uh, have to think and react and oops this and oops that. You don't need to worry about it. That's what you need to focus on. And everybody around you is going to dial into that type of, of an approach and know that this is where Brandon is going to be. This is what he should be accomplishing. He's going to take – Take over the A gaps. He's going to make sure there's no wind back or no, you know, straight ahead dive play right through the A gap. You can't have that. That cannot happen because there'll be nobody there. All right. Uh, it'll be a split, uh, a split looking defense. All right. So, so Gary, this is just a great opportunity for the team. It is a massive challenge. All the smart money is breaking Notre Dame's way. They, I'm not even sure they're going to mow the grass. We're going to get a flat tire on the team bus. I mean, what, what else is going to happen? But I, here's what I do know. When it comes kickoff time, our guys are going to be there. going to put their helmets on. We're going to go out. We're going to play. We're going to play 60 minutes of football. Let's just see what happens. I like our chances. Boy, if you're not fired up after hearing that. Um, this, this is it, Kevin. You, you, you've got me ready to go. Uh, anybody listening to this is ready to go. Uh, like you say, let, let, let's just go play it right now. Let's just go see there all this go. talk and everything. Uh, it's still Notre Dame USC. And uh, that's what's going to get everybody fired up for this game. Um, I agree. And I'll tell you something else, Gary. This this game is, is just absolutely made for television ready for Sam Darnold. This is his stage right now. And I am just massively looking forward to seeing him play. You and I were talking before we come on, and I just – the look in Sam's eyes on Tuesday when he was talking about the first USC-Notre Dame game he went to was when he went back to South Bend and how memorable it was for him. And we often wonder if these kids today have an understanding of the rivalry. Sam Darnold does. And this is his chance to do it in Notre Dame Stadium. I'm with you. That's, that's my trump card right now that I'm kind of holding right now. Boy, what is Sam going to do on Saturday? Because you're right, this is made for him. 
It is, and I tell you what, there's no better place to win than South Bend, and there's no worse place to lose. You've spoken like a man who has been through it before. One of each, you bet. <laughs> Appreciate it, Kevin. Let's go have a good one on uh, Saturday. Let's do it.